From the Hub for Youth and Family Ministry, this is Hub Talk, a ministry podcast that is based on conversations with those in children's, youth, and family ministry. In this podcast, we will be tapping into the wisdom and experience of those who have a track record of faithful ministry. It is our sincere hope to edify, encourage, and equip you in your endeavor to be faithful in one of the most important areas of ministry in the church, ministries to families, all for the glory of God. Hey, welcome back to Hub Talk. This is your host, Jeremy Griswold, and here with Kevin Hall as well. And we're excited to be back uh, on another episode of Hub Talk, number seven for us this season. Uh, We're excited to have Tim and Sue Howard on the show today. Kevin, would you uh, talk about Tim and Sue and and how you know them? Yeah, uh, history is, uh, I could go on and on uh, about Tim and Sue. Uh, Good friends. Uh, One of the first things that I did after I uh, got my Master of Divinity degree uh, I realized I needed to be in front of people. Uh, my preaching wasn't the best, and uh, the, some had struggled through that already uh, as an intern and having some preaching opportunities. And so I was able to get a job as a Bible teacher at a Christian high school uh, in the Los Angeles area. And uh, that proved to be just a great time for me. I got to coach football along the way. But in the process, I also met a lot of families, and I got connected with the church too, that was also connected with the school. Pretty soon, I started going to the church uh, as I got involved with the school and got talked into coming over from Grace Community, where I was trained, and and uh, I came over, and then in about two weeks being at the church, I was then dubbed the college pastor. And so I was also a teacher, <laughs> yes. and that started pastoral ministry there uh, part-time, but then also full-time, I became the student ministries pastor. Along the way, uh, Tim and Sue Howard, who were involved at the church, Tim was the family pastor there at Grace Brethren of Simi Valley. Uh, they they just were, they reached out to me. Uh, they showed a lot of love to me. One time I was living on my own as a single guy in a condo in Simi Valley, California, and they said, Would you want to move in with us? Uh, we've got room. Your rent will be, you know, really, really cheap, but uh, we'd just love uh, for you to be around and we want our family to minister to you and you minister to us. And so uh, I said, Sure. And so I lived with them for quite a few years through some ups and downs of just some. Uh, health issues and uh, job changes with those health issues, uh, more schooling for me, and then ultimately uh, just at the time when I started dating my wife as well. Tim and Sue have been just been a great resource. Uh, Tim's background is uh, in counseling. Uh, he has a master's of biblical counseling from the master's university. Uh, Sue said, I didn't get the degree, but I went through it with him. Yeah, and amen. Uh, they to are, any, yes, for all any wives, of us that yes. have been through school, <laughs> yeah. amen to that. And so, but she, she and Tim are just, they're a couple that do things together. Uh, they did our premarital counseling. Tim is the one who married me. And uh, so obviously there's a big connection, but there's just a lot to learn. And so this is almost like sitting at the fireside with uh, Uncle Tim and, and Aunt Sue as they just give wisdom about ministry, about life. Uh, there's going to be one point in time as I ask a question uh, where I say, I, you know, we now have a one-year-old. What advice would you give me? And usually it's fairly general. I've asked that question several times. But Tim and Sue kind of it gets a little personal. So <laughs> you guys get to be a part of that whether you like it or not. So uh, this is Tim and Sue Howard. Originally, we came from the New England area. Uh, while we were back east, uh, 
I was a plumbing contractor, but we uh, we were involved in our local church in uh, children's ministries and youth ministries as our children grew. Uh, the opportunity came to come to California. Out here, I was able to pursue an undergrad in ministry and then a, uh, a master's in biblical counseling. And that positioned me uh, pretty well for a position at a, a church that we had been attending. We've been there for 18 years, uh, 20 years at the church and serving in the church 18 years. And Sue has uh, uh, been with me the whole time. Uh, in fact, she had got to do the, uh, the graduate school alongside me. Uh, for free. <laughs> well, after we already paid for six degrees from the school, mm -hmm. they were kind enough to let me audit all mm -hmm. of his classes. So that puts us in a unique position to uh, work within our local church, and uh, and our we have a school ministry connected with that. So that's uh, allotted us uh, great opportunities for the gospel and for uh, evangelism and discipleship within, uh, within the local church and within the school that we work at. Just to add a little bit to that is, is we have five children of our own that the Lord blessed us with. And um, back east, we were involved with quite a bit to do with family, along with youth ministry and children's ministry. And he just seemed to continually to develop that. And it wasn't anything on our own. He brought various people in our lives, discipling us and teaching us, always pointing us back to what does the Word of God say. And that is the most important thing. And when we got out here and he became pastor at the church in family ministries, it just continued to grow, as, like he said, with the counseling. And now we find we have five grown daughters and 11 grandchildren and whoever else the Lord wants to bring our way. So. Yeah, very good. <laughs> and brought us a couple of sons we've mm -hmm. along the way. Yeah. Uh -huh. we one and I'd be included. Okay. You, would be, you would be included. Always an honor. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the Lord has used you to help me understand young men's minds, which is crazy. Mm. Well, okay. Which could be really exciting or fairly scary. <laughs> Either way. But uh, just actually, why don't we, I know I told you we were going in a certain direction, but uh, with family ministry and just as you came here, got involved. Uh, biggest thing, and when I do think of you, I always think of you guys ministering together, but just in that time when you were involved, especially with family ministry there at the church, uh, maybe the biggest lesson that you learned just during that time, uh, just as a help for those who are listening? Yeah, originally uh, they uh, positioned me for a children's ministry and uh, position, and I said, you know, it's, I've raised my children. It's not my job to raise someone else's. Uh, I had suggested that we build upon a family ministry concept where uh, Sue and I could come alongside moms and dads and help them in their walk with the Lord and then uh, discipling them in, you know, the best ways to, you know, uh, train their children. Uh, we look at every family as unique and different. Uh, one family shouldn't compare themselves to another because they're, they're all different families. But uh, the, the, the basic concepts come down to an understanding of the gospel. Uh, even today in the things that we do, we say uh, that's where it starts and that's where it ends, the gospel. That's the foundation of, of all that we do. We have an understanding of that. It helps us, uh, give, it gives us a perspective on not just parenting, but everything that we do within the church. Um, we've really... Uh, support the local church because we believe that's where ministry is it really takes place in the local church um, you, you've got to live there 
day in, day out, week by week. Uh, there are some great um, people who write some great books, uh, some great speakers uh, that offer some real solid biblical uh, encouragement for parenting. But, you know, they don't live in our church. Uh, we live in the church. Uh, uh, we, have to, we have to live it out. We have to, in the local church, you can't hide. You, you know, what, what you see is what you get. And uh, it's not perfect. It's messy because we're dealing with sinful people and people who need to be redeemed and people who need to be, uh, go through a, a process of, you know, regeneration and sanctification. And sometimes that can get ugly. But the best place for all that to take place is in the local church. There you have support. There you have the, the word. There you have fellowship. Uh, so many things. And coming alongside and doing the one another's together. And I just even think of in First uh, Corinthians, it says, this is of first importance to me, knowing that Jesus Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance to the scriptures. And just to really go back to what the gospel is. And in doing that, and believing that with all our heart, and going back to Deuteronomy 6, these things that are in our hearts, I will teach diligently. diligently to our children all the time. And just to not even our kids, but to other people, what is important to us and what we see as God's uh, commands for us to disciple. Yeah, parenting you know, works two ways. It's an aspect of training your children, um, but it's also a fact of training you. The, the parent has to be trained because it, it's part of the sanctification process. You know, God is... Uh, you know, he, he, he brings you together in marriage, you know, and God works through our spouses. And then when you're down that road, he throws some children into it to help, you know, again, some challenges and some things that I need to be praying. I need to be in the word. I need to be diligent. I need to be consistent in my lifestyle. What I say is what I do. Uh, my children become an accountability for me. Uh, they're a mirror of what they see at home, uh, good and bad. So, you know, uh, oh, I don't know where he got that. I know where he got that. <laughs> you know? But depending on God's grace through it all, too, and realizing it's not what we, it is what we do and say, but it's not our power. It's relying on Christ in God's power for everything. And to I think the older we get, the more I realize there's nothing I can do. Yeah. We would probably do better now with children. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've always, I was just thinking actually coming back to California, which is home for me, of just, I wish I could go back now and do some of those things that I did. I'd learn so much more. I'd know so much more. But it's interesting to see how God works through the circumstances. And I, I'm constantly reminded of God's grace uh, in our lives. I was just thinking last week is, you know, God is challenges, challenging us in different ways. And as I, I, I stopped, I thought, again, I, I, I came to the realization, or, uh, it all starts and ends, like I said, with the gospel and understanding what God did as he called me to himself. But then he began that good work in me, and he's still working on it. He promises to see it to completion, but he's still working. And I have to remember that all through my life, all through my walk with the Lord, he has been faithful, and he continues to be faithful even now. And as we see... Uh, our children, and then even now our grandchildren, uh, knowing and trusting that you know God is doing a work, and part of that work and training, seeing my children train my grandchildren, is He's still training me. 
it keeps going. Uh, talk a little bit just about, uh, you had mentioned it just with working with the school, but uh, this has somewhat evolved your position and just with the counseling and just where God placed you, Sue, to at uh, the junior high teaching science and now those days are over. Uh, just share a little bit of what you're doing, but also just the encouragement that you find in that, but also uh, the discouragement. So we'll, we'll go to the classic highs and lows uh, for what you guys are doing now, but just give a little bit of background to you to that. Uh, my position has uh, morphed a little. I was a uh, family and children's pastor at church, and seven years ago I began teaching a class there at the school, a Bible class for boys, eighth grade boys. And then one of our elders had the foresight to see that it was a great ministry opportunity at our, through our school system, preschool, elementary, and high school, to uh, minister to a lot of our unchurched families. So that became part of my job description as a chaplain for the school systems. And uh, it gives great opportunity to minister to people, you know, in any number of different ways. I just spoke with a mom today, talking to her, uh, work out some, you know, situation with one of her sons, just sitting down, going through the gospel and talking and giving hope and an opportunity for her to have an outlet. We encourage her to call Sue. If she had some questions or if there was anything that uh, she wanted to pursue, to give Sue a call, talk to her, give him some hope. I think we always want to uh, give hope. That's one of the great opportunities this job affords. People come for you know, a good education. They understand it's a, a, a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview. What makes our school Christian is not our students, but our faculty and our, our worldview, our philosophy. So that's what makes us a Christian school, and it, it affords us many, many opportunities to share Christ in a, in a, a great way, in, a, in a, a powerful way, and see a lot of fruit from that. But then also the aspects of discipleship coming alongside uh, those families, those students who understand grace and want to grow. It's, it's a great opportunity. We really appreciate the chance to do that. It's a lot of fun. Just with the counseling background, too, I'm just curious, not only the benefit, but just maybe give one nugget of something you've pulled from just all that experience and now maybe that's applicable for, for ministry. And I often, you've already talked about it, I've always, always been told, as a Stuart Scott, that uh, counseling is discipleship. Um, and would, I would guess that's probably the biggest thing to pull into ministry. Right. It, first thing uh, to sit down with someone is to, I usually ask, tell me about your faith. What's your faith story? And as I listen, I'm able to, is the best way I can discern whether a person really understands what grace is. And the hardest thing that I had to learn was to be able to talk to people and ask them about their faith. And then as tactfully as I could challenge them in areas. And I but the more I read, I mean, Paul challenges us all the time. You know, Second Corinthians thirteen five. You know, examine yourself. In Romans eight, he says, "If the Spirit of God is in you." It's so many times, Paul, you know, he these little caveats in the sense of if you're truly saved and uh, learning to to challenge people and an understanding of the gospel for those who understand, you know, who understand it. It's now it becomes that discipleship. But uh, as Adams would call it, or even Dr. Scott, the, the pre-counseling is evangelism. We sit and we share the gospel and learning to, to share that. And I think the, the thing of understanding who Jesus Christ is and that he is eternal and he is God. And that what he did when he came is he left that to become you know, a man, incarnate, incarnate Christ, to, uh, to live his life in such a way that it was sinless so that he could lay it down on the cross. And there's the substitutionary payment of his righteousness 
now imparted to me through his death on the cross, his resurrection of sealing the fact that God accepted that payment. God's not mad at me anymore because all of his wrath, his anger went on his son on the cross and understanding grace. Again, back to Romans 8, he intercedes for us. He's there now, ascended into heaven, uh, praying for us. And right now, that you know, that is truly good news. That's the gospel. You know, nothing. That's not a different gospel. That is the gospel. So, uh, learning how to share that bit by bit, sometimes, but then sometimes, you know, all at once, and uh, just trying to help people have an understanding of who Jesus Christ is, what He's done, and what He has for us. It starts and ends with the gospel. Well, I mentioned that uh, selfishly I was going to ask uh, here as we pull things together. Um, what can you tell me? Uh, you guys were the ones that counseled us as we got married, and um, you just asked us. Actually, my wife is here. You can kind of hear them in the background. That uh, how are you doing? How are you doing as a couple? How are you doing as parents? But uh, uh, and I was I wish I could have you know had the record button on at that point in time. But we'll try to re- rewind a little bit. But what can you encourage us, even off of what you've told us before, as parents? Uh, what should we be doing? What about family? Ministry can we do in our own little home? How about for those folks that are in ministry and then have a family? Uh, just all that aspect of which you've lived and know and are still living. Uh, what word of encouragement can you give us as we're trying to figure this whole thing out? And I'm, I'm well read, but I realize I don't know a whole lot. So You need to be with people who tell you the truth. I think that's one thing. And point out your deficiencies and uh, your blind spots. Uh, I think uh, your wife is probably the best one for you and, and you for her. But then, uh, you know, people that you trust to tell you the truth about what they see. I mentioned before, I think for you, uh, entering into this stage of life, the best thing that you can do, uh, there's several things. Uh, you need to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then I think you need to love your wife as Christ loved the church, I think, you know, for you and, you know, going through the Ephesians 5 aspect of love and, and respect, I think you both have to be on the same page. Those are biblical principles more than just thinking about it, would you say? I would. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But just even the whole aspect of uh, what you always say, when you say, I do, you become the perfect person for one another, that God is going to use that person. As you see now, you've worked through marriage and you have a little one, and that perfect little child doesn't, you do see the sin nature when they cry, but uh, it's difficult because you don't want them to hurt and you want to put them out of whatever pain that they're in. But sometimes doing that, we end up feeding that sin nature rather than realizing what goals do we have as parents, what would we like to see, what's biblical, how can we train them, and teaching them even at young ages, giving in to their every whim is not really teaching them reality of life. It's only feeding a sin nature. So how do we come together through deciding as a husband and wife together, not comparing to other people, Mm -hmm. because that's done in churches all the time. Well, so-and-so's baby slept through the night at this age, and they're doing this and they're doing that. There's so much comparison, whereas to take the time and really see what is God calling us? Every family is different. Being in ministry is difficult, but his grace, again, is sufficient to do that and to remember and decide together what God has for you to train them and to, um, sometimes it's listening to them cry a little bit, making sure they're 
fine, but to have those goals, I'm not, I don't know if I'm saying it as clearly as I want to, but not to compare and to really get, how do, am I going to train up a child? I'm going to use God's word. I'm going to teach them self-control starting at younger ages. I'm going to teach them even using those words at a year old that, you know, we're going to learn to have self-control in a loving way, not in a legalistic way or judgmental way, but just teaching them things that are going to help them be able to live a moral life. But we don't just want the morality. God's the one that saves, teaching them to the things of the Lord, to train them up in the way of the Lord. But how do we do that? It's step by step. And it's having goals together. Being able to control them, you know, helping them with some self-control. Because if I can't control the child, I really can't train them. You know, I want to be able to get them to a point where I can, can, can teach, can train. Again, God's word is is the basis for it. Train the child the way it should go. But I mean, you'll you'll train them in bad habits as well as you can good habits. And I will say this: having had grown children they hear god's word in their minds all the time and now they'll even say they open their mouths and their mother comes out as they're training their children but even if you have a child that the lord has maybe not called to themselves even in an older age you're still god's word will not return void and if we're teaching his word and not just the latest fad of the latest parenting we have assurance that God can, his word won't return void. And that is very comforting because I know they've told me that even when they don't want to hear that lecture for the 15th million time, when they're trying to make a decision or they're trying to decide what to do, they hear that in their head. You guys can think of just maybe one word of encouragement for those on the front lines that are maybe discouraged as they are listening to this podcast. What would you say? Ministry is difficult, and uh, but that's what God has called us to. He, he uh, again, His grace is sufficient in in this area. Uh, may get discouraging at times. It can get hard, but God, He's always in the process of teaching Him something through our our hardest times, the most uh, desperate and and uh, depressing times, real hard times. Uh, God was faithful, as I said at the beginning. God has always been there. He's always been faithful. Um, look for the opportunity you know, when people come to, to minister to you and to, as I said, you, don't want, you want people who will speak the truth to you. I think what uh, during the hard times when people have come to me and said, okay, what do you think God is trying to teach you? He, you know, he hasn't gone on vacation. He's there. He's, it's part of a process. And a lot of the times it was me getting out of my own way and understanding it wasn't about me and God has something to teach me. And... Uh, but there's, there's always blessing in the, in the end. There really is. And when we say his grace is sufficient, those aren't just words. Those are really thinking, do I believe that? What do I truly believe about God? And, I, you know, we sometimes, another cliche, God is sovereign. Well, if God is sovereign, does he know what's going on? Does he know what's going has he allowed these circumstances? Has he allowed this person to aggravate me for the umpteenth million time? Or is this just 
do I believe God is sovereign? As our pastor said just this week, I I always used to think, okay, I've got to look to the cross. I've got to think of Christ's suffering. I've got to think of a visual part there because I'm a very visual learner. But our pastor said yesterday, do we look in the eyes of Jesus? Do we look in Jesus' face to look upon him and to really think about that? And he quoted from C.S. Lewis, I think it was um, the magician. The magician's nephew, as Aslan had tears in his eyes, and as his nephew was asking for him to save his mother. And I think about it, we have a great high priest who knows everything that we have been are going through, and he already went through it. He understands us. And it's, again, going back to his grace. Do we understand how much we can accept his grace? The lady, the couple that discipled us would always say, it's like a bucket. And do I have the bucket over my head saying, I don't want his grace? Or do I have the bucket out to accept his overflowing grace and allow it to work within me? So that would be to, again, have those visual pictures. And he, and we have him, he's sitting at the right hand of God right now, making intercession for us as we, even as we speak. We're thankful to hear from Tim and Sue, and there's so many great quotes that they have. But Kevin, what's what's some things that stood out to you as you were uh, listening uh, in this interview? Well, they talk. It's an idea of holistic ministry to the families, and and that's something that's always impressed me about Tim. His heart is always to reach families. Uh, he was uh, primarily a kids minister, but he said, "No, I want I want to be a family minister," mm-hmm. and that was a big important point. That's a part of what they do now, just even working through the school and reaching families. Uh, and so everything they do is built upon a family ministry concept. And if you know the Howards, they, they have actually five girls. They have a basketball team. Oh wow! And uh, but just that idea of family is is big and they they model just what it means to be guiding their girls and now their husbands and their families in truth and Tim and Sue Tim's is a patriarch and Sue's the matriarch of this family and uh, but just some of the quotes uh, you have to live it out that's something that uh, I see in their lives uh, not in perfection but again just working through just even forgiveness repentance and mm-hmm. just in their own lives and, and just modeling what living the truth is uh, training your children is also a training of you. Uh, ouch. I mean, that hurts. Yeah. And yet there's a reality to that that's helpful for me, just even as a, I call myself a young father, but I'm a, <laughs> a father who only has a one-year-old. I'm a little bit older, but that is helpful for me uh, as well. And uh, you always want to give hope. Uh, we all hope that word rings, that sings to me. And uh, if there's no hope, we're going to be in trouble. And the hope we find is in the gospel. And then one of the last things is, what goals do you have as parents? I know that's something they drove into us, just even as we were thinking about goals in marriage. And now as we were talking, uh, that came out, and just his advice to me and Sue's advice to me is, what goals do you have uh, as parents? And I know that's uh, it's music to my ears. I know, Jeremy, you have a young family, yeah. and so I know that's helpful. Just to hear those things you know but to be reinforced and to say, no, you need to be about these simple yeah. things. Yeah, and it's even that question of what goals do you have or what priorities do you have in your family? You know, you think about your jobs and ministry and life moving along so fast. And oftentimes in, in ministry context or in a work context, we're thinking of like, what's the next step? Where do we go? What do we do? And we're always thinking in that direction. And then you come home at the end of the day and 
potentially not even think about what's the goal for for your own personal family. And so I'm always thankful to be encouraged. Like, hey, uh, what what are your goals for the home? You know, uh, I often am a knucklehead and need someone to uh, pound in uh, those truths into my mind. <laughs> so I'm thankful for Tim and Sue and how they uh, have ministered even even to me <laughs> listening through. Very good. Uh, I know we usually give a resource, uh, Jeremy, for what uh, for the day. Uh, sometimes resources, um, <laughs> and uh, but the one resource that we're going to be talking about today is uh, we're giving you is the the dynamic heart in daily life, connecting Christ to human experience by Jeremy Pierre. Uh, and I know one of the things that, that Tim this is more on the biblical counseling realm, but it's really just life uh, in what uh, Jeremy's talking about, uh, and just helpful. Uh, and I know one of the things that Tim reiterates just even in our time together is as a biblical counselor, he needs to figure out, do they need the gospel? If they need the gospel, that's always where you start because the gospel then will give you the opportunity to say, now that you know Christ, this is what you're supposed to do. And if you don't, you need to know him. And uh, it's dealing with heart issues and, and attitudes. And I know you've been working through this with a small group. Just tell the impact of, uh, to the folks uh, that, you, that this resource has had for you. Yeah, it's it's actually been super helpful in our small group. We've gone through uh, just originally thinking about what what is the heart and how how do we as uh, Christians think about our heart. We often hear in our culture uh, the heart used as the heart wants what it wants or other other phrases of the heart. But we said, hey, as a small group, we want to take time to actually look at the heart and see what does the Bible actually speak about the heart. And uh, Pierre's book is very helpful in thinking through those different categories that we often think of the mind as the thing that is thinking or doing uh, but we see in scripture that it the heart thinks as well, and there's some volition in the heart, but there's also an emotional side of the heart. And so Pierre's book really gets after this fact that as a human being, we are uh, dynamic. And that's uh, why he uh, titled his book in that way, is that we both have emotions, but we also have a heart that's thinking, that's doing, that's willing, that's determining. And so how does that work? And uh, in the realm of biblical counseling, uh, Pierre gets into that and just how how does that help us think through how to just love people and disciple people as we're growing alongside of them in Christ. And I, I know this deals with holistic ministry. Yeah. Uh, we use that. That's maybe a term that's thrown out or thrown around too much. But uh, Tim and Sue, it's a holistic ministry and what they're doing with families, but also it's a ministry that's not just trying to solve problems, to solve problems. I know I can get into that. Okay, I have to solve this problem with this student or this person. It's about dealing with the heart and the attitude of the heart with the truth of the gospel. And that's just, that's good news. And that, that is hope and the hope that we continually need to put in front of people. Well, we just have one episode left for this uh, season, uh, episode eight coming out uh, next week for you. And uh, we're excited to uh, give you uh, another episode. And uh, we're already thinking through the next season and what we're doing and where we're heading. And so if you have uh, thoughts or you want to connect with us on things that we're encouraging, other topics that you would like to hit, we would love to uh, hear from you. You can check us out, youthandfamilyhub.org, and get information on 
out how to contact us there. Also, we'd love for you, again, to share uh, either the iTunes or from SoundCloud. Uh, just share the show with other people who you think would be interested in these topics. And as well, we'll put some links in the show notes uh, from what we've talked about today and hopefully give you some resources there as well to uh, point you in the direction of more faithful service to Christ. Hub for Youth and Family Ministries is an arm of Crossings Ministries, which exists to proclaim the gospel and to see God transform lives, grow leaders, and partner with the church to the glory of Christ. For more resources, visit us at youthandfamilyhub.org and follow us on social media at Youth Family Hub. Hub Talk is hosted and produced by Kevin Hall and Jeremy Griswold. Web support by Randall Breland. On behalf of the Hub crew, I'm Dave Hoffman, wishing you the best as you endeavor to be faithful in the ministry that God has given you.